the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. I hope everybody is safe out there, uh, driving along, you know, stuck in traffic, and and just uh, keep your peace. Jesus is about peace and about love, and you know what else he's about? He's about forgiveness. And the title of the message today is The Freedom of Forgiveness, because that's what forgiveness does, is it sets you free. It really does, folks. So let's pray. Father God, we we just come to you with such gratitude on our hearts. We are grateful for your grace, for your love, and for your forgiveness. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we've had uh, a series about love, and we've talked about there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus because the Lord has already forgiven us through his incredible grace. Isn't that magnificent? Once we accept his Son as our Lord and Savior, we are forgiven. We've talked about deliverance. And now we're going to talk about another fundamental thing that's throughout the Bible. It's a theme throughout the Bible, and that is forgiveness. Because, you know, anger, resentment, and bitterness, they're they're just like an addiction because they hold us in bondage. And the Bible is very, very clear about forgiveness. And why do you think that is? Well, first of all, because we've been forgiven for our sins. But secondly, because God knows what's best for us, even in this life. You know, it's a dominant theme because, you know, God knows that we have a natural instinct to recoil in self-protection, anger, resentment, bitterness when we are injured or we feel like we've been injured. But God knows that that's not good for us. What's good for us is the freedom, the freedom that comes from forgiveness. You know, we we get mad at people and we think, oh, you know, I'm going to hold this grudge against them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And sometimes that person is ourselves. But, you know, we somehow think that that's, we're going to get retribution against them. But, you know, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your own inner life. You set a prisoner free. You discover that the real prisoner was yourself. You know, <laughs> but we struggle with this. We struggle with this mightily. We struggle with this, you know, aside from the point that the Bible tells us very clearly. There are some scriptures that, you know, I read them. And I, and I sit up and I, I think the whole Bible is important, but there are some scriptures that just say, wow. And Matthew 6, you know, from Jesus' beautiful Sermon on the Mount, Matthew six fourteen through 15 is one of those scriptures. And it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But listen to this. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. I know I need my sins forgiven. And I venture to say that there's everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice needs that forgiveness too. 
we all are going to stand before the Lord and, and, and we need Jesus to be our advocate and, and we need that forgiveness. So that passage is pretty powerful. But we struggle with this. We struggle with rage and revenge. We're mad at our wives, mad at our kids, mad at our boss, mad at the politicians, mad at everyone on the freeway out there. Mad, 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 mad. Where does it get us? Sometimes we're mad at ourselves for things, mistakes we've made. And sometimes we're even mad at God for things that happen to us. Our society is, is, is full of expressions of this anger. Don't get mad, get even. I mean, someone once gave me a book that was actually entitled Revenge is Best Served Cold. You know, we got stories of the Hatfields and McCoys. Do you know that 120 people were killed, jailed, or seriously injured as a result of that feud? Where did that get them? You know, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet is a story about a feud between two families. But you know what this does? Bitterness separates us from God, and it eats at our soul. You know, and again, maybe it's it's not at others. Maybe we can't forgive ourselves for something that we've done. You know, we've been addicted, or we've some have had an abortion. We've cheated, we've lied, adultery, fornication. And, and, you know, when, when that's what we focus on, the enemy has us. You know, Jesus didn't didn't condemn the adulterous woman. What he did is he said, your sins are forgiven, but get up and sin no more. We can't. The, the past is history, but we can't affect who we are and how we act in the future. We don't want that. You know, when we have that, the enemy has us when we're hung up on this revenge, revenge against someone else or medicating with the drug of our choice and addiction or self-loathing, self-doubt, robbing us of the fullness of life that God wants for us. Indeed, derailing us from our potential, the purpose that God put us on the earth for. You know, these thoughts, we, we need forgiveness in our lives, whether it's against others or for ourselves. So, you know, where do we turn? Well, well, you know, we, I just listened to the program, or at least parts of it. Uh, I'm live up here, by the way, folks. Uh, I come to you live every f- Monday at 5.30 p.m. Uh, I just I just want to have that connection with you. I want to bring you God's Word just directly. You know, I want to preach from my heart to you. And, you know, we, so we can't turn to politics. I just listened to Jay Succolo describe how they're fighting in Washington over billions or trillions of dollars. So much money I can't even imagine. And, you know, when they need to be helping the people, we can't turn to Facebook. My gosh, have you seen what people post? You know, indeed, we can't we can't turn to the world. The only place we can turn is to the place of refuge, refuge of peace. We turn to God. We turn to his word. You know, we, we forgive by faith. We forgive through obedience to him because that's what his word tells us to do. We turn to Jesus who told his disciples, my peace, I give you. My peace I leave you with. I don't give you as the world gives. John fourteen twenty seven. You know, let's look at what God's word tells us about forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 80, 18, verse 21, Peter asked Jesus, you know, how many times, Lord, shall I forgive my brother or sister? And he means not just your relatives. He means our brothers and sisters in Christ. Indeed, everyone in the whole world. How many times? Shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? He says up to seven times. You know, that sounds pretty reasonable. Have you ever forgiven somebody seven times? I don't know too many people that have. But let me ask you this. How many times has the Lord forgiven you for sins that you've committed? You know, most of us, even in our thoughts, we sin all the time. 
you know, as Christians, we're convicted by it. We we don't enjoy it. We don't want that. We pray for that. We think and feel and act differently. But we we've all sinned. If we look, to, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if we look at ourselves, we've needed to be forgiven many more times than seven. And Jesus answers, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. In fact, the New King James Version says seven times seventy, four hundred ninety times. And I, I would suggest to you that, that God's forgiven all of us. You know, the Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sins are as far from the east as is the west. And that's the way we are to be. We are to follow Christ. We are to be obedient to His Word. So you got to pay attention. You can't hold these grudges. You've got to forgive people because ultimately you're only harming yourself. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.32, he says, Be kind to one another, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Again, in Colossians 3.13, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I ask you, Paul wrote this, I ask you, do you want to be forgiven? So I ask you the same question today. I know I do. Uh, You know, it's not always easy. I mean, it really isn't. We get hurt. People hurt us. People always disappoint us. But the Bible is very clear about it. And I want to do my best to follow God's word. You know, even the Lord's Prayer, and again, that beautiful Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Later in the verse it says, forgive us our trespasses as though as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, in fact, in another part of that beautiful Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. God wants us to forgive one another, and then come to him after we've done what he said, after we've been obedient to his word, after we've we've followed him and done what he did. And prayer... Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I think that's pretty clear, folks, in the Bible. We're supposed to forgive. So I ask you, do you have grudges out there? You know, I know so many people that I've come across in ministry that, that you know, their family relationships have been ruined, either because they can't forgive somebody that did something to them or, or somebody in their family can't forgive them. You know, and we, uh, we work in the recovery ministry. I'm Pastor John Allworth of New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We'll talk about that in a second. We, we work in the recovery field and in and, and our ministries, and, and, you know, there are so many people that can't forgive themselves for the things they've done. And, you know, that's the, the, they're told in their mind the enemy tells him, you're no good. God doesn't want you. You've, you've made so many. Moses was a murderer. David, a man after God's heart, had his best friend killed after he committed adultery with his wife. God, you know, what's important is that we repent and we get up and we sin no more. But I don't care what you've done, where you've been. Jesus turned to the thief on the cross as he was being crucified. 
and said, today, brother, I'll see you in paradise. Because he said, I believe in you. I believe in you. So shut that voice out. God wants you to know that you're forgiven. And he wants you to start living differently. Get that, cut that cancerous tumor that I talked about out of your soul. And forgive others and forgive yourselves. It's not easy in our flesh. It's really not. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13. Just never forget that. There is nothing impossible for God. Nothing. And I don't care what you've done. And Put that life behind you. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And live the life that Jesus Christ wants for you. Well, since we're live, we can take a break in the middle of the program. We can promote our ministries. If you'll forgive me for doing that. We... We're New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. I'm the senior pastor there, and we started a church plant on March the 1st, 2020. It wasn't the best time. God's got a plan. It was, but from a from what worldly perspective, it may not have been what seemed to be the best time to start a church because we had three church services, and then we got shut down by COVID. But you know what? We've been persistent. You know, God called us into the middle of the city, and he called us for a reason. And so we've stayed online. We've been on on Facebook, and we've had Sunday night services. We had one last night at 6 p.m., New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, Facebook. And we've got a a really exciting announcement. We're going to go back in our building. Uh, We leave some space. We're a a church that's at night, 6 p.m. We we wanted to get started that. We felt like God called us into the middle of the city because, of course, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And and we we wanted to start at night so people could, you know, there used to be a lot more Sunday night services than there are today. We wanted to give people an option to come worship and spend more time with the Lord at night and, and to come check us out if they're going to a different church. Or maybe they want to go to two churches on any particular Sunday. Uh, or maybe they just want to check us out. You know, we're a Bible-based church, a Spirit-filled church, and we're a recovery church. Because we believe everyone's recovering from something. Not just drugs and alcohol and addiction, but... Lack of forgiveness, for example, anger, bitterness, relationship problems. We all go through trials and tribulations. So we want to be there to to help introduce people to Jesus Christ and help people that are mature Christians, you know, continue their walk and, and them to, to meet people that are new and to help discipleship because that's what we're called to do. We're called to preach the gospel to all creation and called to make disciples of all nations. So we're excited about to be preaching the word of God. We really are because this program is entitled The Transformative Power of Christ because we've lived that. I didn't always live my life for Jesus Christ. And when I gave my life to him, he changed my life. He restored my marriage. He restored so many things in my life. God is so good. And I made a lot of mistakes before. I'm not saying I'm perfect now, but my life is so different because I've experienced his love, his grace, his forgiveness. We want to shout that from the mountaintops. So we'd really love it if you join us on Facebook now. We'll be there every Sunday between now and March 7th. But on, on the 7th at 6 p.m., we're going to be back in the house of the Lord. 240 West 18th Street in the heart of the Heights. 240 West 18th Street. Um, we are in a partnership with the Heights Presbyterian Church there. We're not We're non-denominational, but... Uh, they've been so gracious to lease us some space for Sunday night services. Again, we're a non-denominational Bible-based church, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. And if you want to contribute and, and check us out, you can go to nccgreaterheights.org. You know, we've had recovery radio here at this radio station on Saturdays. We've got another ministry that meets at our home church 
on Friday nights at 7 p.m. It's called Break Every Chain. And uh, we're there every Friday, and, and uh, we're ministering to people again who, who suffer with addiction, whether it be drugs, alcohol, pornography. You know, And addiction is rampant in our society. We're there with other believers, but we've had people come in for relationship problems, anger, lack of forgiveness, you name it. Uh, you know, people are, are just that want to be with other believers and want to be overcomers. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. So what we do at, on Friday nights at 7 p.m. is is we have a praise and worship. But we usher in the Holy Spirit. We have a Bible-based message, and then we, we meet in men's and women's groups, and we have fellowship, and, and we talk about our victories and our struggles. It goes from 7 to 8.30. We're pretty good about staying on time. It's Friday at the end of the week, and we want people to know they can get home at a certain time. But but it's it's spirit-filled. Friday nights, it's at, it's at um, 901 Wilson Road, New Covenant Church. That's our home church, every Friday at 7 p.m. And again, we're New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, on Facebook, uh, at 6 p.m. every Sunday and back in our building on March the 7th. So, you know, we just we just want to come and we just want to love you. So back to the message. You know, forgiveness is really what it comes down to is is love. And God loves us so much. He's forgiven us our sins. But let's go back to that foundation scripture, Matthew six fourteen through 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So how do we do this? Well, we have to love our brothers and our sisters. And by that, I mean the you know everyone we come into contact with, and particularly our brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 John 2.6 says, He who abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. Jesus walked around healing people, teaching people, asking people to, to repent, inspiring people, and loving them and forgiving them. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's, how we're, that's what we're commanded to do. Matthew 11.29 says, Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Forgiving people, I'm telling you, I've lived this. It it cuts that cancerous tumor out, and it gives you peace, the peace that only Jesus can give you. You know, humans are are capable of great examples of forgiveness. You know, the, the United States, our wonderful country, rebuilt Germany, Italy, and Japan after World War II. That created this climate of peace we've had ever since then. But the Bible, more importantly, tells us so many stories of forgiveness. Let me give you another practical example, though, of changing the world through forgiveness. Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, we have these protests now, and sometimes they turn violent. Where does that get us? Nowhere. Dr. Martin Luther King changed the world. Now, did it become perfect? No. But he set us on the right path. He, for, he didn't, wasn't angry at everybody for what his people had been through. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and his love, and he changed things. We had the Civil Rights Act. We started changing this country, making up for things. That's what we need. We need that, that God's love and forgiveness in our hearts if we want to change the world. The Bible tells us so many stories of forgiveness. Christ on the cross. You know, we got to remember he was fully human and, f- and fully divine. And he was experiencing this 
as a human being, the pain that's the most agonizing form of death that we can uh, possibly imagine. And he experienced this. And what did he say? He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He gave us so many wonderful examples. You know, Joseph, his brothers sold him into slavery. And and Joseph didn't get didn't get bitter, he didn't get angry. Then he got falsely accused of of, of rape and he got thrown into prison. And, and you know, God delivered him from that in an amazing, amazing way. And his brothers came down and they didn't recognize Joseph. And instead of condemning them, he was the second most powerful person in Egypt. He could have had them thrown in jail, executed, whatever he wanted. They didn't recognize him, but he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all G- of all Egypt. I mean, sometimes God puts us in position, things that happen to us. Some of the worst things that happened to me in my life actually turned out to be the best, what I thought were the worst. And some of the best things I thought in my flesh weren't so good for me after all. God puts us through things to teach us things. So we've got to forgive. We've got to forgive. Jesus wants us to forgive. That's so important, folks. I just can't, you know, again, God has forgiven us of so much. And we need to have it, find it in our hearts to forgive one another. That's what God has commanded us to do. We forgive through obedience and because we want to follow his word. So that requires us to love at all times. 1 John 4.20 says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Well, you can't love somebody if you're bitter, if you want to take revenge. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. Let him work that out. But it's so hard. You know, there was a theology professor who brought his class in and he said, I want you to bring a picture of somebody that's really harmed you in your life. And I want you to bring it to class. Somebody that you have a grudge against that you really just, you don't like them. Maybe you even hate them. They've done something really bad to you. I want you to bring those pictures to class. And, and so they all did and they brought, put the pictures up and they put them up on a board and he gave them some darts he said, okay, now, <laughs> you guys are going to have some fun. I want you to throw darts at these pictures. And, boy, they, they, they got after that. They love that. They threw those darts really hard and hit them in the eye, hit them in the mouth, hit, you know, just, just tore those pictures up. So when they were done, he said, I, I don't know if you all feel better or not, but he took the pictures off, and behind each of the photographs was a picture of Jesus Christ. And that's what we do, folks. God's Word says how we treat the least of these is how we're treating Jesus Christ. We're not to throw darts at each other, 
How much better a place would the world be if we all practiced his love and forgiveness and instead encouraged each other to be better and talked to each other with love and did what Jesus Christ wants us to do through obedience and faith. His word says, be still and know that I am God. Again, he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And you know, it may be you can't forgive yourself. But God wants you to do that because I don't care what you've done, where you've been, where you find yourself. He has a purpose for you. And whatever you've walked, the darker your clouds have been, the, the, the lower that you've been. If you come out of it with God's help, if you take his hand and come out of that, then you've got a testimony, a mighty testimony. I'm so privileged to work in the recovery community because I see people that have walked in darkness and they've walked into his marvelous light by taking his hand. And that's what he wants for you. He wants you to follow him. We love you here at the transformative power of Christ. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night.